Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number eight. If I had to pick, I would say the most exciting day for any Royal Caribbean cruise would have to be Embarkation Day. And on this week's episode, that's all we're going to be talking about. Let's explore the first day of your cruise, including arriving at the port, the check-in process, what to do when you get on board, exploring the ship, and other fun things to do on your very first day on board. So let's wipe away those tears of joy, and here we go. So, ideally, you've arrived to the port at least a day or so before your cruise, just to avoid any unforeseen delays. That is, especially if you're flying into the port. There's a whole debate about whether you should fly into your port the day before your cruise or the day of your cruise, but we'll save that for another episode. The bottom line is my recommendation is if you are flying into your port, that you should try to get there at least the day before your cruise, if not more so. That way, you're at the port you've slept in, and you can go to the pier right at the perfect time. Now, if you are driving to your cruise, perhaps you live close enough to the cruise port that you don't have to fly. You can just drive. Like Perhaps you live in Florida, and you can get to your cruise port. Well, that's great. Then you don't have to worry about that at all. So generally speaking, the cruise ports will allow new passengers to start checking in as early as 10 a.m. Normally, there's no later than, say, 11 a.m., unless there's some sort of weird delay that's going on. Maybe the ship got hung up somewhere, or there's some issue going on with the computers, who knows? But let's focus on what's more than likely the realistic scenario, which is you can probably get there as early as 10 a.m. And really, I recommend getting to the pier about 10 to 11 a.m. And there's a couple of reasons why I like to arrive so early for the cruise. One is, well, you start your vacation earlier. The sooner you arrive, the sooner your vacation begins. And that means you get on board quicker. And that means all those activities that you paid for in your cruise, like say uh, lunch and a lot of the activities, the pools and all those services that come with your cruise ship, are available to you. It's the same price whether you show up at 11 a.m. or 3 p.m., and so you may as well show up earlier and get your vacation started a little sooner. Also, it's going to be far less crowded that early in the morning, not only in the check-in process, but also on board the ship. You'll get to have that ship to yourself with a lot fewer people around you, which is nice. And checking in earlier means you're going to be let on the ship earlier. So again, vacation starts quicker, all the fun begins, memories begin. It's a great opportunity. I think it's really the way to start any cruise vacation. Now, checking at the pier is pretty simple. You're going to drive in somehow, whether you're driving your own vehicle or perhaps you're taking a taxi service or friends dropping you off, whatever. You're getting to the port via car. You're going to drop your luggage off with the porters. The thing to understand with dropping your luggage off is remember, you want to keep with you a bag that has all the essentials you're going to need for that day. Assume you're not going to get your bags until maybe 6 o'clock or so. It'll probably come a lot earlier than that, but you have to assume the worst, so keep anything with you that you need. You want to bring with you also your set sail pass. Now, ideally, you checked in online before this cruise. You printed them out, and that way you're ready to go. The reason to do this is it just saves so much time at the check-in process. You don't have to waste time filling out paperwork. So bring that with you, and also bring your passport. Now, please, 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 I recommend bringing a passport. I know you can theoretically bring birth certificates. Don't do it. I'm telling you as as your friend and as as a good piece of advice just bring your passport it's simpler safer and it's the best solution and again i don't need to dive into this whole debate here but i'll just say bring your passport with you so you check in you get your cards you get everything you're all set eventually they're going to call you on to get on board the ship you board the ship and now my friends the vacation begins so once you're on board what do you do well Personally, I like the first thing I want to do is I want to eat. <laughs> Usually, actually, I, I tell my family we're not eating anything until we get on board the ship. It's like a, uh, it, it's kind of like partially me being cheap and don't want to pay for food that I know I'm going to get for free very soon. And also, it's like this vacation thing, like you know, eating on board that first meal is 
to me, it's a quintessential Royal Caribbean tradition. It's like we get on board, we go to the Windjammer, and we eat. And many Royal Caribbean veteran fans might recognize that a special food is served in the Windjammer only on embarkation day, and that is honey-stung chicken. It's And we did a blog post about this a couple weeks ago on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. There's nothing tremendously special about the chicken. It's just served on embarkation day. It's a fried piece of chicken cutlet. It's it's tasty, it's great, and I think it's that matter of the, you know, the chicken being served on embarkation day that makes it taste a little bit better because you can only have it on your first day of your cruise, so everyone gets a little more excited about it. Anyway, you enjoy your first meal in the Windjammer, relax, take it in. This is really for me. This is when it sets in. This is when it feels like my my Royal Caribbean cruise has arrived and it's ready to begin and it's 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 a moment of bliss for me personally. <laughs> so once you finish eating, now you're gonna. There's an opportunity to do a couple different things you want to get done. First is since you're in the Windjammer, usually you can buy the soda and or drink packages, like the alcoholic drink packages, the wine packages, as I mentioned, and the soda packages for the kids. Whatever you need to buy, buy them here, buy them now, get it done with, just get it taken care of immediately. Usually, I've seen these being able to be signed up for outside the Windjammer. There's usually a table on the opposite and side of the entrance to it but you can always ask one of the staff members hey you know where can i sign up for the drink packages that way you can get it done and again if you got on board early there shouldn't be too much of a line for it also if you've got kids you're going to want to sign up them for the adventure ocean club even if they plead with you they don't want to do it it doesn't matter sign up just say hey look we're just going to get you signed up for it in case you want to change your mind because it's a great opportunity it's included in your cruise price and you never know if they want to spend even a couple minutes there it's worth it just to get that taken care of so make sure you get that all set right right then and there also, when you get on board, this is a great time to verify and or book certain things related to dining. So what I like to do is I like to go to the main dining room and first of all, check out where I'm supposed to be sitting in the main dining room. So usually on your key card, you're going to see there a listing of you know what table you're at and you can go find and go see, look at it. I mean, if you're, if you're a group of four and there's a table for four, well, then you pretty much are guaranteed to know you're going to be sitting at a group. That's just for you and your family. But if you're a group of four and then you're and you're seated at a table for sixteen, well, you're at a you're going to be at a larger table. Now, for some people, that's fine and it doesn't really bother me. I like meeting other people on the cruise. But if that's a problem, you can change that. Regardless, you can talk to the maitre d. Now, you may have to wait a little bit. There's usually a set time, but you can speak to the maitre d about either changing your your table size and or changing your seating time. A lot of times, people will book their cruise. And say, I would love to do early seating. And what happens is they may, Royal Caribbean may come back to you and say, well, unfortunately, there's no availability. You can only do late seating or my time dining only or vice versa, one of those combinations. The thing is, once you get on board, there's a lot more openness. Suddenly, there's a lot more tables available. So speaking to the maitre d' early is the perfect time to get that taken care of. Also, this is a good time if you've been waiting to book specialty restaurants. You can go to the restaurants directly. In fact, you can go to any of the restaurants and book any of the other restaurants. So if you're interested in Chops, but Portofino is closer to you for whatever reason, you can go there and book it. Likewise, this is more of an issue, say, on like Oasis of the Seas where there's you know a lot of restaurants. You don't need to go to each specific one. Just go to one, and they can take care of you for the rest of it. Also, if you have any issues with guest services, this might be a good time to do it. For instance, with families with young children, perhaps you're looking at in-room babysitting, this would be a good time to go to guest services and book that because there's limited availability for that. Now, keep in mind, guest services has limited capabilities because they're the guest stuff. I don't know what the word is for it. It doesn't download to their computers until you set sail. So verifying things like onboard credit, I'm not certain they're able to do right then and there. But it doesn't hurt to ask and certainly get things taken care of as you need to see fit. Now, once you're on board and you've taken care of the, this stuff, now you get to explore the ship. And it's going to take you a couple days to explore. You don't need to do everything right now. But this is a great time to explore the ship because, 
as many of you probably already know, your staterooms usually aren't ready until about 1 o'clock or so, maybe a little later than that. So you've got some time, you've eaten, you've taken care of some of the paperwork, so to speak, and now you've got some downtime. So this is a great time to explore the ship. What we like to do first is go to the spa. The spa usually has something to check out because it's fun. It's open, and there's usually a tour that's given. Tours are free. There's no obligation. They really don't hard sell you all that badly. It's just it's something to do, really, and it's cool to check out what they have there because each spa is usually a little different, and it's fun to see what the new services they offer. And generally speaking, there's usually a lottery that's going on for a free service. All you have to do is fill out a piece of paper with your name and your stateroom, and if you show up later, they'll do a drawing, and you can win something. So why not, right? But if you are interested in some of the services, like maybe you want to get your hair done or you want to get a massage, you can do that at this point also. And that way you'll have full availability for you to book something. You should, though, if you are booking anything, ask about the daily specials if you are interested in any of their services. Now, generally speaking, the services that are available at the spa that have specials are only advertised, you know, perhaps the day of. But they know what the specials are and they can usually, you know, let you know, oh, we want to massage on Tuesday, well, on Tuesday we'll be offering this, and you can sign up for that special as well. A great thing a lot of families love, love, love to do is go swimming. Because most people who come on the ship are A, coming in later, and B, don't pack accordingly, they'll have all their swimsuits you know, in their checked luggage, the pools are usually very empty, and the pools are going to be open. So if you're smart, bring your swimsuits with you and your carry-on luggage, you know, pack them in your bag, and then you can go to the, one of the restrooms, change, and go enjoy the pools. Is This is especially important because, you know, during the cruise, it's going to get, pools get crowded. It's a known <laughs> uh, issue, if you will. But the good news is the pools are really nice and open on embarkation day, and usually it's really just an easy spot to get not only a, a pool spot, but also perhaps a one of the spots on the lounge chairs, and you can just lay out and relax. And did I mention have a drink? Because, you know, there's nothing like having a little drink with a little umbrella on your embarkation day to really, again, just reinforce that idea. Hey, my cruise vacation is here. I'm ready to have some fun. And kids, you go swim in the pool while mommy and daddy here have a nice little strawberry daiquiri or whatever floats your boat. In addition to all this, even if whether you're going swimming or not, you know, explore the decks Look around, see what's available to you, start getting your bearings as to what's on the ship, what's on what deck, where everything is, so that way later on you get a little more acclimated to what your particular cruise ship has to offer. It's just a great way you know, to start getting an idea of what's around you. Now again, I mentioned earlier, staterooms usually open at about 1 o'clock, and when you get onto your stateroom and they're finally open, you want to do a couple things. One, test all the facilities available, the TV, the toilet, the lights, make sure everything works. Usually they do a good job about this, but... You know, for some reason, hey, the TV's not working or the toilet doesn't flush, get this done early, especially because right now, at this point in the day, the crews are all around. They have the most staff available to you, so get rid of, make sure anything that's not the way it should be is fixed immediately. Also, you want to make sure everything is clean, so, you know, if you've got a dirty sheet here or something like that. Again, these are not typical things to happen, but you want to make sure if there's anything out of place, make sure you get taken care of now. Speaking of that, you're going to want to also meet your stateroom attendant and make any requests that you happen to have. It's a good opportunity to you know meet them, get to know who they are, and also let them know about your requests. Now, some people like to tip here at this point and to assure good service. Personally, I don't like it. It feels a little too much like, this is a, not the right word, but extortion or blackmail. You know, I, I really feel good service should be expected and rewarded appropriately with a good tip. The exception is if you're making some crazy requests. Now, asking for ice every day in your stateroom is not a crazy request. But, you know, if you want the stateroom attendant to 
I don't know, flip your bed like twice a day or something like that, or something that's not a usual request, then yes, I do believe that tipping in advance might be the best course of action. But, you know, if you're just asking, hey, we'd like to have, you know, our, our bucket of ice and, I don't know, some basic things, you know, extra shampoo or whatever it is, I don't know. You know, th- those aren't things that I, I feel should be require an extra tip in advance. I do think tipping, again, is, is definitely has its place, just not right then and there. But again, making any special requests, this is a great time to do it. Now, a quick note about Embarkation Day also, as you may find, is the elevators are going to be usually pretty crowded with people getting on, especially during those hours of, say, noon to 3, 4 o'clock. It's the busiest time for the ship. People are getting on and off the elevators. So you may want to use the stairs as an alternative rather than you sitting there waiting for you know eight elevators to go by. Now, of course, Embarkation Day is not complete without muster drill. What is muster drill? Well, muster drill is something everyone has to do. And it's basically a drill, like kind of think like a fire drill from school, where everybody has to get to their muster stations and know where they have to go and prepare for the possibility of some sort of evacuation of the ship. It's a drill that everybody has to do. It's not really that bad. It takes, if they do it right, you know, it's probably about 20, 30 minutes or so. You stand around, you listen to the instructions, they blow the horn a couple times, and that's it. And once this happens... Now your vacation begins, my friends, because now you get to have sail away. And sail away is something that happens on every Royal Caribbean ship. It's basically when the ship sails away, begins to move. There's a couple different places you can celebrate sail away. Royal Caribbean recommends and advertises sail away on the pool deck, which is a great place to go, especially if weather's permitting. There's usually music and dancing and maybe even some food and, of course, drinks are available. And it's a great way to celebrate it as well. But if maybe if you booked a balcony cabin or a suite cabin and basically you have access to a balcony, that's also a great place to celebrate. After all, you did pay extra for that amenity, so why not enjoy it on your balcony? Or another option on some ships is a secret spot, and I've wrote about this on the blog as well. But basically, there's a, on some ships, there's a helipad on the bow of the ship that you can go to. Now, these are available on ships like Freedom of the Seas, uh, Independence of the Seas, and Liberty of the Seas. We've also heard this work uh, from time to time on Voyager-class ships and Radiance-class ships, although your mileage may vary with any of these ships. Sometimes we've heard they're closed for whatever reason. But it's a great spot because basically it's all the way on the front of the ship, and it's kind of like that scene from Titanic where, you know, I'm king of the world. But, you know, it's just cool because there's not a lot of people there. Not a lot of people know about it. And it gives you a great view of the ship because you're right there in front. So if you have opportunity to check out and and be there for sail away, going to the helipad is not really a bad idea as well. But really, embarkation day for me, it's, it's such an exciting day. To me, it's the day where it really sinks in. You're on vacation and the whole cruise is ahead of you. And it's a fun, fun, fun day. And I really hope that when you get to your embarkation day on your next cruise, it's as exciting for you as it is for me every time because I just love it. So... Hopefully you've enjoyed it, and hopefully this will help you out a little bit. Also, a quick reminder that we are sailing this week on Jewel of the Seas. Perhaps you heard last week's episode all about that. And I encourage all of you to follow along in our adventure with our daily live blog posts, which are available right now at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And you can go there, read what we're doing, see photos. You can also post in our comments, and you know, maybe if you have any questions or requests of things you want to know about the ship, I'll try my best to answer them for you, but it's a fun thing, and I, I hope you'll join us for that, not only reading them, but also posting your comments about what you're seeing, what I'm doing, and you know, being a part of it for the trip. We have just enough time to read some of your comments, and the first one is from Christopher Percy, who writes, Just listen to your latest podcast, and as expected, it was very informative and right on point. My wife and I have taken 45 cruises and have been on many excursions, both Royal Caribbean and Independent. I agree with your position that neither is better than the other. There are pluses and minuses to both. 
Thank you for showing Cruise Critic and TripAdvisor on the podcast since they are both excellent sources for deciding which excursion and where. Earlier this year, we took a Cruise Critic excursion in Cork, Ireland, and then a Royal Caribbean excursion in Amsterdam, and both were terrific. Looking forward to your next podcast on Jewel since she is one of our favorite ships. Thank you, Christopher, and we're going to have a great review of our Jewel to Seas adventure when we get back next week, and I appreciate the good feedback on both excursion ideas. Also, a quick Twitter shout-out to Paul Westbrook and Unpersuaded, who both sent us some interesting tweets this week about their experiences on board, so thank you very much. Don't forget, I want this podcast to be all about you. It's not just me talking. It's an interactive experience. So if I miss something about Embarkation Day, maybe you have a secret thing that you discovered about Embarkation Day, or perhaps just a tradition that you and your family like to enjoy on Embarkation Day, well, let us know about it. Of course, you can send us your comments, your thoughts, your questions, whatever it may be. Whatever's on your mind, I want to hear about it. You can tweet us. We're on Twitter at the RCL blog. Facebook, we are at facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog. You can email us, Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com or you can of course call the Royal Caribbean Blog voicemail by calling 408-6-ROYAL-6 that's 408-676-9256 and we may play your voicemails on the show so until next time I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon <laughs>